Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Guitar Gossip. I'm your host, Dano Disaster. This week, we have the rhythm guitar player of the band, Battle Scarred, Kyle Crankstein. What's going on, buddy? Hey, what's up, man? Not much, dude. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Busy day. You know, chasing around a toddler. It's fun. <laughs> awesome. Fun fact about Kyle. Um, Kyle actually wrote the intro for the season one of guitar gossip so thank you very much buddy uh, you're very welcome it's uh actually that riff has a long story attached to it and if you'd like to tell us you can sure i didn't want to start talking unless i actually got permission to say so so the uh, the opening riff that dan 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 so i wrote that oh gotta be what when was 2009 yeah, 2009. I wrote that in 2009. I uh, I used to play with this drummer named uh, Ben Dennis, and he's unfortunately no longer with us. He passed away a couple years later. And uh, anyway, so we we kind of jammed that one riff that 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 and then we'd always end it with you know that part that you hear in the intro before the the melody guitar came in. Anyway, so I never used it for anything. I tried to write a song with it, couldn't figure it out. So it's one of those things, as a lot of you know, a lot of people out there know and people listening, and as you know, Dano, that if you have something, you're not sure where to put it, you just shelve it and just wait for it. So when I went to go do this other band, um, I had it and I didn't know what to do with it, but it was like, well, just try to do something with it. So I wrote, I rewrote it like three, four times, like the whole song, not the riff, just the song. And now it's, it is what it's called now. And I always think of Ben when I play that uh, riff. So I don't know. I just called it rest in peace is the song I, I have it for, for that band that I had then. And I might try to bring it to battle scarred. I'll have to see what everyone's feeling obviously, but do it. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm still putting away on a few things, but yeah, that's, that's the story of the riff. Awesome, man. Um, I love when obviously music has those like just connections and those um, long lasting, I guess, memories. Yeah, I mean, like it, it's it's what we are as musicians, right? Like, you know, I mean, I'm a far stretch calling musician, but, you know, people who are artistic and whatnot, they have that drive or they just it, something inspires them to write it. And that's why we have music. Right. So. So it's it's all good things awesome okay so moving right along um what's actually got you into guitar and like who gave you your first guitar uh so oh i fuck I, you know what i got thinking about this today there's a, a little photo of me three years old uh holding my dad's acoustic guitar and it was my dad my dad's family uh mostly my grandfather and my dad uh played guitar so i saw you see my dad play guitar and that, I guess that kind of started it with me. And I think what really got, I'm trying to think now. Yeah. So I was growing up three years old, uh, North Bay, Ontario. And it's at the time rock wasn't really a thing. I, I guess it was just mostly pop music and country music, but I grew up in a country music house because my dad listened to old country. My mom listened to pop and old country and maybe new country. So that's all I was exposed to. And I thought that was music. And some people are going to laugh at me for this. Uh, my aunt, my dad's mom, uh, gave my mom a, a cassette tape, like of mixed songs. Now, this is going back in like 86. Okay. So a cassette tape is about this big. It's got film in it. 
I heard the riff or the, uh, the opening sound to sunglasses at night by Corey Hart. And I was hooked immediately. <laughs> I was like, what? And like, this is a three-year-old. Okay. Keep in mind, I'm only three years old. So take it easy on me. But it wasn't the radio version. It was really shortened. It was the actual long album version. And there's this ripping guitar solo in the middle of that. And I was like, my, my mouth dropped. My eyes got big. And I just kept telling my mom, rewind it, rewind it, rewind it, rewind it. Because it also had that awesome solo at the end too. And I was like, whoa, what was that? So that kind of got me on that road to electric guitar. And then a couple of years later, I uh, got into Michael Jackson. Then I heard Beat It. And I heard that solo again, which I found out later in life. And I'm kind of embarrassed to say about this. But later in life, I found out that solo was done by Eddie Van Halen. I'm like, holy shit. So that really started that off. So my parents were like, well, he's getting interested in music. Let's buy him his first electric guitar. And it was like a Sears. It was from a pawn shop. It was like a Sears, like Unicon, like all black, all black, like body, neck, everything. And it was a three quarter inch guitar. And it was my first guitar. It had a little humbucker in it and it had a single coil up by the bridge. And I was like, oh, okay. And I didn't really get playing it because, you know, you're 10 years old at that time. And you're like, okay, well, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> so and you know yeah, my parents were just like well we're not gonna and i didn't even have an amp it was just the guitar <laughs> i plugged it into my parents stereo that's the only thing i had <laughs> really amazing so, yeah so improvising I, I did at 10 years old i thought it was kind of genius really so fast forward to when i'm 15 years old now i'm like listening to i'm you know, that's when my generation i'm a little older than you obviously but my generation was like when new metal started. So you're talking to your corns, your Deftones, Limp Bizkits, uh, Mudvayne. You're getting into that era, the Slipknots, all that kind of music. And it kind of fueled me go, wow, this is really cool. I think I can probably play this. So I, I started getting into guitar and then my parents bought me another, again, I think it was another serious guitar. <laughs> it was a 24, it was like a 24 fret uh Oh God, it was like a stress. It kind of looked like monkeys from corn back, uh, back from like the, the fall of the leader days where it was all like sunburst and all that. So I was like, Oh, cool. Didn't know how to play that goddamn thing worth to save my soul. I just, somebody showed me a power chord and I just tried to work it out. And then my parents were like, okay, we're going to get you guitar lessons. And that's how that got going. And then when I got my own little genre of music is when I, <laughs> I'm going to see the complete disdain look on your face in a minute. I heard, um, uh, Metallica play the uh, Woodstock 99 when much music was a thing when they used to play music. Oh yeah. Cause you know, much music used to do that. Now they're just media TV, which I'm kind of pissed off about, but whatever. And it was Woodstock 99. They played, I didn't know the songs until then, but I heard uh, wherever I may roam, which I thought, Oh fuck, that's, that's heavy. Then it was seek and destroy that really killed it for me. I was like watching these guys go nuts and I was like, Oh fuck, this is cool. And then, the S&M thing came out, uh, which was like their symphony orchestra thing. And they played Sandman, Puppets, One, uh, Nothing Else Matters, Memory. So that's what really got me going. And then I was a lost cause after that. It's okay. I'm not, I'm not mad. Everybody, everyone has their start. And I, I do respect them. They're obviously a great band. Like my favorite band's favorite band is Metallica. So, yeah, it, it's, it's kind of an inside joke. Uh, for those who don't know me and Dane, we just... I mentioned Metallica and you're just like, oh, I can't say Metallica. And then turns out we were at the same show when Metallica was on the Hardwire tour and Avenged Sevenfold was opening up for him. So we could have crossed paths from each other. We just didn't know each other then. Yeah, it's actually crazy. We both uh, posted pictures like 
but then the same week and then i'm wait wait no we went to the same show and then i was like holy shit dude did we just become best friends like yeah yep <laughs> yep <laughs> exactly all right um so obviously you might have just answered this question but yep um who is your guitar hero is it james i got three of them okay perfect go got three of them. okay so i go i'm more of a linear guy so my first guitar hero was my dad uh, he's a, he's an old country boy he likes that stuff but he's the one that got me into it and then after him it's headfield because then that's when i saw that i saw the veracity and the heaviness of that time of like holy shit and I love his riff style. He's still my all-time favorite guitar player. And after him is Mark Tremonti. Because even in the Creed days, you know, I, I always saw him as a, you know, he wasn't using his full potential. And then once Creed ended and they started Alter Bridge, that's when it really opened up. And now he's doing his own band thing. And it's just, he's just some remarkable guitar player. So each person has a, a good spot in my heart. But those are my three tops. If you had to rank them, like one, two, three. Why? Why do you, why do, you do this to me? Um, dude, we're partnered <laughs> with disaster and we have, we have to be. Okay. All right. All right. So if I was. All right. So this is how it'll be. Sorry, dad. Uh, number one is Headfield. 100%. I'm a huge Headfield guy. I love him to death. I love the riffs. That's how I've gotten to the writing I've gotten to. After him is Mark because Mark has this really broad thing with tuning and playing style and uh his sound is incredible so he's number two uh ahead of headfield sorry mark and then dad sorry dad <laughs> that's fair that's fair i'm sure i'm sure uh sure that's fine yeah dad dad, dad forgives me he's okay he, he knows he knows <laughs> perfect perfect okay so based on those three different kind of um genres or just elements of guitar styles into your influence of to who Kyle Crankstein is what's your current like rig setup now what's the Kyle Crankstein battle scarred setup look like so it's my setup has gone through massive changes now it's at the point where this is my sound I'm not trying to sound like anybody else I'm trying to sound like me so we'll start with uh obviously the guitar that's where the signal goes through so basically what i play right now is the ltd black metal arrow series with the single pickup and a kill switch i i have other guitars i have two humbuckers but i've realized i don't really play the the top and the neck a lot if at all so i like the single it's just less work for my brain to do and i got uh loaded with like a um a fishman influence because i ripped out the amg a emg 81 used to be a huge emg guy now that I've heard Fishman and went that route, so it's more clear for me. So I got the modern in that one on the voice one. And I got my GraphTech parts because GraphTech is a good Canadian company. Why not promote them? So okay. there's that. Yeah, so there's that. Uh, the white version, which is the Arctic Metal, which is the exact same guitar, just the headstock flip. That's coming very soon. I ordered it back in February and it's, you know, the pandemic, right? The parts were starting to get scarce. So those are my two that I use for the band. Uh, I, use, I use that with a... Um, a boss wireless system uh which is like i think it's the wl60 uh go that goes into my march money wall because i love it because the minute you take your foot off that wall it's off and it's got a built-in boost so i don't have to worry about nothing i'm very like streamlined keep it simple kind of guy and then we got uh I, i'm going through two different overdrives right now i use the fortin grind as a as a uh you know like a boot or like an overdrive and I just purchased, and I'm trying it out and seeing how I can fix it, is the 
KHDK Ascendancy pedal. So that's the signature pedal from the guys from Trivium. It's a really solid pedal. So I'm just kind of playing between the two to see which one sounds the best. So that's what's going on there. Uh, then we'll go to the amp. So the actual amp, uh, it's an EVH 5153 EL34 variant. I, I've played a lot of amps and there's, it's a good 50 watt amp. It's loud. It stays true. And it also kind of ties in with that previous thing I said about like the influence of Eddie Van Halen playing beat it. And that's what influenced me to really play. Right. So I keep that, uh, in the effects loop, I have the Fortin Zool, which is uh, a noise uh, suppressor. If anybody wants to get a good proper noise, get, I highly recommend the, uh, Fortin products, like especially the Zool. And I have, I just bought this too. How do you pronounce this? Uh, the Thurman uh, Outlaw. It's a, it's an overdrive. Uh, sorry, it's a, a boost delay pedal. So my lead tone is just the channel three with either with either overdrive. And then when I'm ready to play a solo, I just turn that on. It's it boosts it. I don't have to worry about nothing. It's it's great. Uh, and of course a tuner because you know a tuner makes everything sound better. <laughs> Can't live without those. Absolutely, absolutely. The makes everything sound gooder pedal. So that's the that's the board there. Uh, for the cab, I've acquired a old 1992 um, PV5150 cab. So this is the cab that used to go with the original 5150 that Eddie V and Halen had back then. And I'm pretty sure there's greenbacks in the back of that sucker. And it's it's in pretty damn good condition. I bought it off of a friend, and he's a huge Eddie freak, and he likes finding mint condition stuff. So I bought it off him. <laughs> so I think that's pretty much my rig. I do have my LTD um, 401 v, v flame top as a backup in case the string breaks or something. <laughs> but There you go. And that's pretty it. much it. I love the LTDs, as you know. Hmm. LTD full send, bro. Yeah, man. I ESP LTD, I've tried, I've tried Gibsons. I've tried Epiphones. I've done... All the guitar. I don't know how many guitars I bought and sold over the years, but I've always found myself. What's the comfiest, comfiest for me? LTD. You put any LTD in my hand, I'm gone. So I'll stick to what you know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay. So um, do you have, are you one of those guys that's like very particular about your picks and strings or oh, <laughs> all right. let's go. Let's go. That's I the... am that guy to a T my, my band even looks at me and goes, there's something wrong with you. And like, yeah, yeah, there is. <laughs> I love it. Give us a breakdown, buddy. All right. So uh, I like good string tension. I don't just, you know, throw a regular set on because we do play in a whole step down tuning, which is a D standard. And then we dropped C to that. And then we have this other tuning, which is, I call the Tremonti tuning, which we'll use for two songs on the next EP. So I currently right now in a live setting, I use the Ernie balls, beefy bottoms. Uh, no, hang on. Let me, Oh, see, this is what happens when you have a toddler all day. Your mind just goes to shit. <laughs> so you got the Ernie Ball skinny top beefy bottoms, which is a 10 to 54 set, which can handle the D standard and the drop C. So I use those in a live setting with uh, the Mark Tremonti tuning or the, the Tremonti tune as we call it. It's a very weird tuning. It's like taking a seven string guitar, ripping off the low E string, and that's all you're set with. And it's a six and it's a six string set. So a, a drop B, A, um, D, G, B, E. And I put those all at half step. So I like, uh, yeah, I always play with string tensions, finds what's the best and stick with that. And I just switched to, 
um, the, I don't know exactly the proper name for these guys, but it's the Ernie Bell prodigy picks. They kind of look like a taco chip where it's like a three-sided pick. And yeah, it's, uh, it's machine beveled. So you get that real sharpness so you can really chuggle on and not have to hear any string noise, I guess. Yeah. 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 You got the same too, don't you? I've been rocking these, um, the Ernie ball everlast, uh, seven threes. Mm. John Safry from play fight told me about these and I love them. I bought a pack. I probably only have like three left because I think Ryan stole the rest. So I'm holding on to these. <laughs> cheap prick <laughs> right come on yeah yeah i, I play with like different I, i've been like i'm such a nut when it comes to this and uh, my sources i i scour the internet too because i'm like what is the best string set for the best sound and who does what the biggest the best source i can possibly tell you is uh fluff from riff beards and gears he's like a scientist when it comes to this shit and he had a chart of like a Gibson um, scale and a Fender scale, which is like your 25 and 24 and what tunings work with best strings or whatever. So I just started from there and it worked my way up. I'm like, yep. Okay. Found my strings. So I'm good. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Okay. So um, moving along to all things battle scarred now. All right. What's your favorite battle scarred song? Oh, it's like asking what your favorite kid is. Jesus. Criminies. Um, I can tell you what my favorite kid is. If my three guitars were kids, it's Sasha. I'm sorry, girls, but it's Sasha. <laughs> yeah, that's the uh, that's the that's the Eclipse, eh? Oh, the LTD Deluxe, the blue one. Oh, the Lux. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a sexy beast, man. Holy shit! I think I'm bringing Sasha and uh, Charlotte, which is the white one, to the show. Well, that sounds like fun. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um. Favorite battle? Actually, you know what? Let me flip it. What's your favorite battle scarred song? Um, Salem. You love Salem, eh? I do. I do. I've been rocking it lately. If you want to know my uh, I, right now, Salem's my favorite too. I I don't know why. I always love when I wrote that song years ago. I I still love it to this day. It's just it's a good thrasher. It's like a mixture of like Testament with like some Exodus, like that old eighties thrasher kind of music slayer and all that and then you throw these little breakdowns in there too that give it that metal core sound and you listen to the demo that i did years ago and then you listen to what it is now it's like two different animals and i really love well obviously i really love uh the actual band version rather than the demo because it just sounds so good and so chunky john's like throwing in some awesome melody that we didn't have before when we were in uh in our more recent lockdown or whatever when we were recorded the uh the album he just said hey i, I tried something out do you, what do you think okay well send it to me and he sent it to me i went holy shit yep you're doing that from here on out so yeah salem anarchy i, I don't know man i love them all i even love my, the one song that makes us sound really good i think is walk away because aaron's got that like that real graspy that really guttural screaming high and low and then he has this like lincoln park kind of chorus that's like very accessible. Now I have to do backup vocals for that now live, which it's coming. It's it's going well, but yeah, just it's such a dynamic song, and I I love it. I don't know. I love it all. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, then speaking on one of your other songs, "Father of Lies." Oh, I was wondering when that was coming up. <laughs> okay, so you guys got "Father of Lies" on the movie "Anything for Jackson." So first yep. of all. How, how did that go? How did that come about? Like, how did how did you guys 
make that happen. Like, I, I don't know any of my friends bands that are like, yeah, man, we've had our song in a movie. Like, that's crazy. Like, good for you guys, first of all. But like, tell us the story. It basically boils down to friendship and luck. And, and that's what I mean. So the the, the writer of the film, uh, I'll, I'll, shit, I'll push his name out. He's fucking famous now. Uh, Keith Cooper, him and I were buddies. My best friend, Tyler, introduced me way back in 2006 when he was just trying to come up with like a movie or a, a, some kind of thing uh, to sell to studios and stuff. And we became friends and we, we hung out. And when I moved to Barry, he was already in Barry. So we got to hang out quite a bit. Uh, he's actually got a podcast as well called Keith is a Jerk. Funny as hell podcast. I love it. You get, whoever is out there, you should really consider giving a listen. My favorite is uh, Worst Dates and Ryan's the worst. Anyways, getting back to that. So Keith's real job, he was an animator before. And now he's a script writer and he's written a bunch of Hallmark uh, Christmas movies, a whole bunch of stuff. You can just look him up on IMDb and he's there. Uh, so Keith always wanted to do a horror film. He's a huge horror fan. And I'm a horror, I'm a horror fan as well. Sorry. And he actually got this script green greenlit and called anything for Jackson. He told me what it was. I was like, Oh, that's really cool, man. That's awesome. No anticipation about saying, Hey, he put my song in this. I honestly, I never mentioned anything to it. He knows I had a band. He knows I have a band and I was doing the recording studio at the time before pandemic hit. And I actually got to be on set. Cause I also, uh, I also have, um, my ticket in um, emergency first response. So I was there for in case somebody hurts their ankle during the certain time, which is the opening of the movie. I was there. I was up on the top balcony watching the whole thing. So I was there for a couple hours and my job was done. I'm like, okay, see you later. And I thought that was the end of it. I was like, cool. I get, I get paid from the studio. My, whatever it was, it was, it was awesome. I, I couldn't, I wasn't, I was pretty happy. So fast forward, I think two weeks later, no, it wasn't two weeks later. It was a couple of months later. Sorry, because when I was doing that uh, first responder stuff, that was in March before t- pandemic hit. So fast forward to say July, end of July. I think this is when it was happening. I'm outside with the family. We're playing in the pool. I get a phone call from Keith. Usually we text each other. So I'm like, oh, he's, he called me. There's something must be up. So he calls me and I call him back. I'm like, hey, buddy, is everything okay? He goes, yeah, I got a couple of questions for you. Okay, shoot. Uh, one is your recording studio open up anymore? Uh, no, because of the pandemic and I don't allow anybody in my house. Okay. Two, do you have any death metal kind of music we can put in the movie? And I said, you got to be more specific, man. I got like a ton of heavy stuff. You got to be <laughs> a little more. You got to help me out here. So he said, well, we're, uh, we're looking for a song for this one scene. He sent me the scene. I said, okay, I, I'll send you three possibilities. And the possibilities I sent him was Savage. Uh, burn the witch which was salem and father lies mind you none of these songs had lyrics on it yet because we were just as a band still starting to grow we got rid of a guitar player we got john back in the band and we were just kind of on a roll starting things going so i was i told myself well i'll send you the three songs okay well and and i like i told my girlfriend I, or my wife girlfriend whatever you want to call her i said you know honey if nothing comes of this i'm okay but it'd be cool if it went forward. Sure enough, I get a text message or a call from them later saying they really love Father Lies. They want to know if you can get us that soon. Like with lyrics, is there lyrics for the song? I said, yes, there is. We just we just haven't sung, sang it yet. When do you need this song by? Like two days ago. Oh, fuck. Okay. Um, hang on a sec. <laughs> so I said, you'll have it by Saturday morning. 
So I get on the phone with Aaron, told him, I told the band what was going on. They're all pumped and excited. I said, Aaron, you got to sing some, you got to sing this thing and send me, I don't care how you do it. You can do it in your car, in the middle of a construction site on your phone and that'll be okay. That is all factually true, by the way. <laughs> That's amazing. So, yeah, it was like he tried with some kind of program. It wasn't working. I said, dude, I don't care. Just go in your car somewhere and sing it. I don't care. I'll work it out. Sure enough, he did it. I did a super, super fast mix. And <laughs> the movie version is like the singing's off by like a couple of milliseconds. So it sounds kind of weird, <laughs> but they didn't they didn't care. They're like, yep, sounds great. We'll take it. And I and I was like, OK, cool. We got a song in the movie and. They, they said to me right up front, we don't have any more money to give. I said, I don't care. Just take the song, put it in the film. Life is good. Just send me the contracts. and stuff. So Keith calls me two days later and says, I convinced the studio to give you guys a hundred bucks. Okay. So, yeah. So we got in there, got in the premiere. Um, fun fact is, and a lot of people probably know this, the scene when the song shows up, they sped that song up probably like two, three times faster than it should be. <laughs> Because the solo is going at an impossible speed for John. And, he, and I was like, <laughs> okay, sure. I, I didn't care. I told him, I said, do what you want with it. You can turn it into an orchestra song for all I care. Yeah, and then, dude, that's amazing. Yeah. And then uh, they, the producer, I think he was, I'm pretty sure he was a producer. He called me like a couple of weeks later after that, uh, before the movie came out and said, hey, we just want to know if you're okay with the song being at the end of the movie. I'm like, well, yeah, why, why wouldn't I want it at the end of the movie? Sure. Yeah. Give her. So that's how battle. And it's funny in the credits, the name battle scars in two words, because at that time it was two words. And then we had to like put the words together to make one word. So yeah, my name's in it twice. Johnny's in it twice and or once. And yeah, no, that's, that's how we got the movie. It's just friendship and luck. That's all it was. Dude, that's, that's such a cool story. And like, that's, that's amazing. Like, uh, milestone for sure not a lot of bands like i said i don't know any bands that can say that so congrats for sure on that oh, one thanks buddy. man yeah and you know what i uh i don't just uh i don't me personally i don't flash it around too much if people ask me about it i'll tell it um i actually bought the blu-ray version so i can have it so when i'm old at like 80 years old if i make it that far i can say that hey my name is on this horror film that actually yeah. did extremely well like extremely well i think they got like a i don't you have to fact check this. Don't this is misinformation. I'm pretty sure it was like a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes or something. I'll have to, That's awesome. I'll have to fact check that. But yeah, no, it's cool, man. So to tie in a couple things, um, you said Aaron recorded his vocals in the car. Yeah. It's really crazy because for Worm Husk's first EP, so the first five songs that are on like the debut EP, mm -hmm. Matt did the same thing. Shut the fuck up, really. I'm, yeah, I'm serious. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. It's the best. Matt, <laughs> yeah, man. Matt recorded all of his vocals in the car and then sent them to Ryan and then Ryan did it from there. Holy man. Talk about that is really funny. That is really Dude, funny. I know when you said that, I was like, okay, hey, I'm just going to wait. I got to tell him this. This is wild, man. I tell you, cars are the best vocal boosts ever. They do really well in a pinch. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and then quick question what's your favorite horror film because you say you're a big horror guy Ooh. i am clearly too like yeah michael myers yeah um I'm, I'm a i'm a slasher kid so michael myers jason anything freddy i'm i'm a i'm a sucker i love the exorcist as well 
Um, well, anything for Jackson. I really like the movie, just not because my songs in it. It was a Keith did a really well written movie, and it, I think, yeah, it, it's it just opened so many doors for him as well, which is great. Uh, man, I, I would say those are it. But the one that makes me all cringy and all that, and it's not because it's uh, not because it's gory or anything, but it's just because it's so bad, so bad. Is Sleepaway Camp? I've never seen that. Oh my god. You, it's one of those things where you sit and you hate yourself for watching it because it's so bad. But at the end, you're like, that was, it was so bad. It's good, but it's still like you hate yourself and you love yourself all at the same time. Yeah. I've I watched a couple of those. <laughs> well, it was, it's an old eighties, like uh, slasher film. It, if I were to spoil it a little bit, this day and age we are now where everybody can identify as whatever it, that movie was way ahead of its time, like 30 years, 38 years ahead of its time. <laughs> Anyways, moving on to our next segment. Obviously, um, I forgot what episode number, but you and Battle Scarred, we were a host of um, Disaster Promos episode. Yeah, well, I forget the episode of that, too. I can't remember it either. I want to say it was like 12, maybe. Yeah, it sounds about right. 12, 11 or 11 or 12. We're going to call it there. It's a double digit. That's all I know yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, and there was a segment. It was the never have I ever. And obviously we some of us were drinking. If you've done said thing, blah, blah, blah. It's different now. We're not doing that. My boy Kyle doesn't drink. And uh, yeah, so it's a totally different thing. And obviously it's an audio podcast, so it doesn't matter anyway. But <laughs> I figured this would be pretty fun. So we did this to John and uh, Ryan in our previous episodes. And all right. They're all curated to obviously our guests. So let's go. It's called this or that. So basically I'm going to ask you questions and it's going to be this or that. So for example, um, if I was like the Toronto Maple Leafs or the Toronto Blue Jays, you know what I mean? Uh, just tell well, I would say the Blue Jays then. Okay. All right. Well, then that's that's one of them, I guess. Let's let's start there. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. No, the Blue Jays all the way, man. I'm actually, uh, oh God, I'm going to sound like a really bad Canadian, but I don't watch hockey. The only but... I know, I know. Don't don't kill me. <laughs> all right. I'd like to thank our guest, Kyle. Uh, for... <laughs> no, it, it, you know what? It's uh... I'm just kidding, bro. <laughs> yeah, not it's not that I don't watch hockey. You know, if there is friends and beers and wings around and there's a hockey game on, oh, you damn right. I'll watch the damn thing. Do I follow any teams? No. And I think I kind of blame my family for that. Uh, my dad's side, because there's such hockey nuts. And I'm like, I'm like the only musician, really. <laughs> so I'm like, OK, I'll be the black sheep in my corner. <laughs> but if it's um, if it's like the. Yeah, no, I'm I'd rather watch baseball, honestly, if it's like. Uh, but here's my loophole with all that is that if the Winter Olympics are on, I'm a very proud Canadian. I will watch the Canada team from anywhere. I'll watch it at home as long as Team Canada is playing in the Olympics and we whip everyone's ass. I'll watch hockey religiously. Oh, that I'm just a passerby. Okay, well, then I'm going to hold you to it because obviously I've been hearing rumors. I'm pretty sure it's confirmed now. Um, by this time, I'm pretty sure it'd be confirmed, but it looks like the NHL will be back in the Olympics for the next Winter Olympics. So no. that happens. Yeah, dude, we're getting together. Oh, I don't, I don't care if the games are going to be at like 
two, three in the morning. Let's go. <laughs> Just make sure I don't have two kids by then, or else I'll be like, uh, okay, I'll go so I'll, anyway. I'll, I'll, I'll just sleep on the couch. <laughs> yeah, I'll sleep on the couch. <laughs> All right. Um, moving on to our next sister of that Guns and Roses or Motley Crue? Motley Crue. Why? Uh, is you know what? It, it, two reasons. Uh, one, grow up in high school. There's two bands that everybody in high school played religiously, and it's gotten to the point where it's tainted me so badly is ACDC and Guns N' Roses. Now, if Guns N' Roses Paradise City is playing, I'll listen to the shit out of it. If I listen to it on my own terms, absolutely. But I, Motley Crue, uh, there's a bit of a soft spot for me there because the person that really got me into heavy metal before Corn, before those guys I mentioned, and I forgot to mention this in the, in the beginning, my uncle, my uncle Howie, huge Leaf fan, big 80s hair metal fan, huge. He loves Motley Crue. And I remember when I was little going to visit my grandma and grandpa, he'd say, hey, Kyle, you want to come with me to the beer store to go get beer? Yeah, sure. I'm probably like, I don't know, like 10, 12, 13, whatever. And he'd play like White Snake and Motley Crue and all these guys. I was like, whoa, this is like metal. This is great. It's hair metal, but you know, it's metal. So Motley Crue has got a soft spot in my heart. I love Motley. I've seen them five times, I believe. Oh yeah, five or five or six. You know what? If they if Vince still sounded good, I'd say I want to see him again. But uh, when he sounds like Bob Dylan, I'm like, mm, no, I think I'll just watch it from YouTube. I'm good. <laughs> Moving on to the next question, which is <laughs> about that actually. Okay. Um, because it would this is so funny how I wrote the question. It was like if he answers this, it's this pill. If he answers <laughs> this, it's this pill. Full matrix. So, style, eh? Yeah, I literally was looking at him. Okay, this is going to be completely different worlds right now. Two different alternate universes going on. All right. But um, so because you answered the way you did, Motley Crue with John Karabi or Motley Crue with Vince Neil? Oh, Vince. 100%. You, you can't beat the original lineup. I know now it's not so eh, great, but you got to remember at the beginning, they were guys that didn't give a shit. They were in their apartment. They were just going for it. And Vince had that. If he had someone like John Karabi at the beginning, I'd say John Karabi, but Vince was there from the beginning and his pitches and everything, the notes he would hit, it was, it was a, it was a win. That's why they're so famous. So who knows if John Karabi was in my group from the beginning, would they be so famous? I don't know, but that right formula of Vince, Mick, Tommy, and uh, Nikki, you can't beat it. I agree. Um, obviously, I'm a super big Motley Crue fan. So original lineup for me, I know Vince obviously as of late hasn't been good. And all the times I've ever seen Motley Crue have been from 2003 to like, I guess now. And so it was basically when they reunited and he obviously wasn't the Vince he was back in the day, but it was still good. But if you think about Motley Crue, their songs are so um, like chorus driven songs that like everyone can sing. So like, you basically go to a Motley Crue show and when Vince Neil's doing whatever he's doing now for the lyrics kind of thing, everyone's singing what Mick and Nikki and Tommy are singing like girls, girls, girls. Like it's, it's just one, it's a show, everything they're doing on stage. It's great. It's a good time. Um, But I feel like Vince Neil back in his prime, like I'm a huge Guns N' Roses fan, like Mm -hmm. Slash is like my hero. And then it evolved obviously to Zaki. Mm -hmm. But when it, if I had to put Guns N' Roses and Motley Crue up against each other, when Motley was in their prime, I'd, I'd have to go with Motley. Like, mm-hmm. 
they partied harder. They still were able to somehow go out and play and they just continually continuously got big and they like took out everyone else in the hair metal scene like oh for sure not they were at least and they said it best in their book and you said it best in the movie we were in a uh, we were in a band we were a gang and gang exactly. gangs take over motherfucker <laughs> you know a hundred percent yeah and same thing choruses you know if they had uh, mick playing all these like staccato leads and stuff like a dream theater thing you know they went you don't have those choruses like choruses pay mortgages that's that's how it works Mick Mars is one of the most underrated guitar players ever. Absolutely. I, I agree a hundred percent, but ha- have you ever tried playing some of his stuff like girls, 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 and uh, Dr. Feelgood? He is like, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but like the way he plays things, I'm like, I, I just, my mind's just like, I'm like not working. Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> like what? I know it. It's wild. No, he he's crazy good. And I just think he gets kind of, well, back in their prime, obviously, because Nikki and Tommy were insane. Everything was about them kind of thing. And obviously, Nikki is the whole basic driving force behind the band. But mm-hmm. yeah. Anyways, next, this or that, we could talk about Motley for days. We yeah. do this thing could be three parts. Me and Kyle could talk forever. Oh, my God. Like, I hope you guys had some popcorn or some coffee because we're going to be here a while. <laughs> Yeah, I hope you're driving to work. It's like an hour drive because it's going to be perfect for you. Oh, yeah. You're going All to right. Toronto? This, Great. <laughs> um, if you're going to take a sip of coffee, I'd sip the coffee now so you can swallow it because this one's going to piss Kyle off. <laughs> Eddie Van Halen or James Hetfield? Oh, you motherfucker. Oh, God. Why? Why? It's like, again, picking two children. Okay. I have to think. All right. I got my answer. And this is base. This is solely based right now on impact not only in music but on the world okay van halen eddie van halen yeah uh, yeah yeah if you guys could see what i'm seeing right now dane is speechless which is extremely hard to do <laughs> i don't know if he's like toying with me right now i'm not i'm, I'm telling i'm telling the truth and here's why wow yeah, yeah here's why is okay headfield again heavy metal guy um plays came up with the best song some of the best songs in the entire world okay came up with a cool guitar uh which i've actually owned all of his guitars at one point i had all the series at that point had his pickups okay van halen's been around long enough that he is i don't know he's, he's like he is a mad scientist as well when he was alive god rest his soul he not only reinvented the way we listen guitar, the way we play guitar, he's also came up with the technology that allows modern musicians to play and sound as good as we do. The amps, um, the, 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 the drop D tuna for Floyd, if you have that, uh, the, the pickups, uh, the speakers. He's just got a market on his sound that everybody's been trying to copy since he came out. So why wouldn't he be like, well, uh, I'm not playing that. I'm not playing that. I want to make my own shit. And he partners with all these companies and he came up with the EVH amps and same with the PV 5150 when that first came out. Oh God, it was great. But listen to a lot of records. They have that amp playing like any kill switch. Uh, I think the beginning of kill switch and all that, they had a 5150 it's Adams 5150. Any bullet is a fit some form of 5150 or 6505. Same with trivium, any kind of PV 5150 of that kind. They still play that he's in, 
and even his pedals, the the everything. What I'm saying is this guy has helped shape what modern metal is today and modern rock. And I bet you, you can even tie Avenged Sevenfold into there. Somehow they must have something from him. You know what I mean? 100%. So I think if I was just to pick this or that, it's got to be Eddie Van Halen. Because I didn't listen to Metallica when I was five years old. I heard Eddie Van Halen on Michael Jackson's Beat It on fucking Thriller. Everybody's got a copy of Thriller. I have three copies, okay? (laughs) So yeah, I was. that's what I would say. Dude, that that's a great answer. I'm really sorry I had to throw such a curveball at you. I know we're like bros, like you're like one of my best buds, and that probably really pissed you no, off. No, you know what? I've been saying this it, since he died. Since it's he- a great answer. That was a very great answer, and like it makes sense. It's a like well, yeah. I mean, like ever since he passed away, I remember um I, I, talking to my uh, talking to a counselor about it because not just because he died, but just because I I like to keep my mind um, you know as healthy as my rest of my body. But that was that was one of the things he said to me was it was like I think a week after Eddie passed, and he says, "How do you how are you feeling about that?" And then I didn't realize this, but he has a bigger influence on me than I realized, I and mean, it just all came out. And I'm like, "Holy shit!" So that's my that was pretty much my answer, just short formed. <laughs> all right, uh, last two questions. Trivium or bullet for my Valentine. Oh, you, you just know right where to stick the knife between the ribs. Don't you? <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Two of my favorite bands. I saw them both live in Niagara Falls, New York at the same time. Cause they were co-headlining or well, they were kind of flip-flopping each night, but uh, it's almost like I knew that. It's like you, that. Yeah. Just, you scroll through my Instagram and went, ah, oh, I didn't know how to fuck with Kyle. <laughs> All right. That definitely did not happen. Uh, yeah sure it didn't <laughs> um <laughs> okay if i if i am going with one or the other i love them both equally but if i had to give an inch it would be trivium i saw trivium once um they opened it was the event sevenfold well it wasn't the event sevenfold but it was the rockstar mayhem tour and it was events headlining corn opened for them Asking Alexandria, Trivium. I know that's. I, I know that uh, tour you're talking about. I, I remember that the Molson Amp back when it was the Molson Amp. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, that was Mayhem Fest. I wish I would. I actually, I wish I went to that one. Actually, that would have been fantastic. Yeah, I give Trivium props because I remember watching them for the first time. I didn't even know who they were. I was. Well, I was uh, watching the. I got went to a show. It was uh, Bodum, uh, uh, Children of Bodum, Amon Amarth, and Trivium. And these guys, Trivium, came out and they just destroyed the place. That was during the Ascendancy tour. And they loved all their songs. And I remember distinctly at the very, very end of that song, of their set, they played like the opening to Ride the Lightning, which is da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And I was like, holy shit, these guys are Metallica fans. So that went down the spiral that I have. And even some of my, the newer songs are going to be on the new EP and whatnot. They're they're very Trivium-inspired. So yeah, I... I would say Trivium, for sure. Trivium, obviously, I would definitely say for that one, too. Mm-hmm. And then tying on to these, um, obviously, we both, this is our last one, but we both probably have been to a million shows. What do you prefer, indoor shows or outdoor shows, and why? Mm, good question. Okay, so I've been to one outdoor show, and that was Rock on the Range, which is the shirt I'm wearing right now. Um, 
and actually funny enough, uh, my, the love of my life I'm with right now, we were friends at the time and she went with me to Columbus, Ohio to see that for all weekend. It was great. Uh, I like the outdoor shows. I'll see if I can weigh this. I like the outdoor shows because there's a lot of bands playing. So it's not just us. Okay. Here's three bands. You know, you might like one of them where you have like a three day festival or an outdoor show. You got lots of space. People can like, oh, like they can do their thing right? and choose. Yeah. yeah. But also outdoor, there's more air flying through. That means people can smoke their J's if they want or whatever. Crowd surfing is huge. It's so much fun. But indoor shows, it's it's kind of like a club thing that I wish we would experience that the 80s experience, like uh, when Motley Crue was opening up for the Whiskey A Go-Go, same with Metallica and and uh, all those guys. Um, hmm. All right, I got my answer. It's got to be the outdoor shows. Outdoor shows, you can not only have a lot more people, but there's more airflow and uh, you, I don't know, it's just it's a it's a better atmosphere. I would say it's a better atmosphere. Yeah. Nothing can compare to that like festival vibe. Obviously concerts are, there's a million concerts with COVID. Obviously things have been on hold a bit, but things are getting better. But previously two years ago, concerts were a thing. There was tons of concerts going on every night in venues, but that outdoor experience, like a festival, you know, start at like one o'clock, two o'clock in the afternoon. And then bands playing till like 11 o'clock at night outside like that's awesome yeah man you can't you can't beat that like you said crowd surfing just smoking your jays that whole just the atmosphere the air everything yeah and you know the other thing's good is like uh i know um boots and hearts does it and they and all the other festivals they actually have a spot where you can bring like if you have an rv or a trailer you can you can stay there you can just stumble back to your trailer it's yeah, it's camping is the best. It is. I, I I gotta say, I think if I do another festival again when they're allowed and uh, and my little guy's old enough, I'm probably gonna rent an RV or something and drive down there, and that would be it. We almost had an outdoor concert, eh, Dane? <laughs> almost. <laughs> we did. We did. We almost played at some crazy uh, beach somewhere outside of Barrie. Yeah. Well, you know, that uh, I, I, that ship did sail and it sunk. I'm, that's all I'm going to say. So, and the captain went down with the boat. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that's the way she fucking goes, boys. Hey, man, you attack. The- and girls and girls yeah. just need to know. Okay. Girls be listening to this, too. I got to say, if you attack the queen, you better be ready for an army to attack your ass. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> all right, guys. So this is the wrap up of the show. This is the part where we like Kyle basically. No, I know, dude, we can talk forever, but this is the part where we basically let you vent for a bit and just uh, tell us what you got down the pipeline for the battle scarred camp, anything like that. Anything you want to tell anyone listening that they should know about the floor is yours. Okay. My good friend. All right. Well, this might take a bit. So, um, well, first and foremost, um, I've been trying to get Battle Spark, Battle Scarred going since 2016. Uh, John and I were uh, were trying to get that going. We actually, the band we were in before that, Octane, had uh, collapsed, which is fine. It happens all the time. But, you know, those guys were into a different kind of music. And fun fact, if you like the band uh, Bigfoot Portal Crisis, I used to be in a band with those guys. We used to, that's where I played rest in peace. Like I talked about earlier, the, which is the riff of guitar gossip now. And, and uh, yeah, they, they're, they obviously went down a different road, which is fine. That's kind of their thing. Um, so 
having struggled for five years, let's say, trying to find the right musicians, I've stumbled onto plutonium in the middle of a 50 acre field with a shitload of like with the smallest hairpin lying there. My my drummer, Brad, is an awesome drummer. He's the he's a very explosive drummer. It's somebody I've been wanting for a very long time. I got Ray, who's like the best bass player uh, I've ever played with because he just lays the backbeat down and I don't even have to think of what he's doing. You know, I got Johnny. Johnny and I have been buddies for such a long time. We're basically brothers. And same thing. I don't have to think what he's doing because I already know. And he always brings his A game all the time. And we complement each other so well. And Aaron, just a fucking banshee, man. Like he can do the guttural shit I ask about. And I say, hey, can you sing this? He can do it. He can do everything. And I feel so thankfully thankful and blessed to have these guys as band members. And I, I, I can't, uh, I, I, I never, I sing their praises all the time. So let me get that out of the way. As for Battle Scar, we got that show coming up. Uh, so probably when this podcast happens, the show's already done. <laughs> but we got that show with Worm Husk as well, which we're super looking forward to playing. Yeah, it's going to be a good time uh, at the Queens. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, Battle Husk. Battle Husk. Yep. So right now, uh, as soon as that's done, we've decided, okay, we're going to start working on the next EP, which is about six songs. Uh, one of them is going to be a cover of the Octane song we, that I used to play with. Not, uh, It's not Rest in Peace, it's something different. Uh, so we've actually started playing it and trying to work it out. And it's it does not sound at all like the first uh, first iteration. So that's going to be a nice treat for those. I mean, Battlescar, I mean, Octane was kind of like a flash in the pan. So if they remember, it's great. If they don't, then, oh, well, here's a song that, that John and I used to. Uh, it's got this really awesome... I'm trying not to talk too technical for very long because people are probably getting bored as hell right now. Uh, it sounds really good. We got these songs that are melodic. They're a little bit different from the first EP, which is good because we have the dynamics going, but we got some really good uh, bangers. We got uh, two songs with uh, the Tremonti tuning, which we're really looking forward to playing. So we got those six that we're going to work on. We're probably going to start recording those probably, I don't know, probably in December ish somewhere that maybe january it depends i mean it all depends on time and all that sort of stuff and what's going on with the world uh we just want to go out and play have a great time and yeah um other than that we're uh we're we're still trying to do that live stream with you guys so we got to still find a spot for that so that'd be fun because then we can actually each of us probably play a full hour set which would be nice yeah battle husk live stream for sure yeah we should do uh we should pull off like a pearl jam thing and just play uh, rock in the free world at the end and get everybody playing the same song <laughs> yeah man what's that song is it battle scar that kim mitchell song do you know what i'm talking about no i don't but now you have my full and divided attention about it <laughs> we're gonna look it up after this yeah. there's a song there's like a kim mitchell song and there's like a bunch of guitar players and it's like a long song i've seen it live i saw it at the q107 bash a couple of you a long time ago. I was going to say a couple of years. I'm like, no, I'm old now. That was a long time ago, like 10 years ago. Holy shit. But we'll look it up after that. Yeah, we'll we'll look it up. Um, yeah, we're working on that. I'm, we're trying to, try to do a video at some point. I don't know for what song or if we're going to just wait till the next one. Said. I don't know. We haven't decided yet. Uh, that's pretty much it, man. Like, we're just we're just trying to get out there and play. And we're, we're, ha- you know, we're trying to have no egos between us. We're all out there to have fun. I have a great bunch of guys. I got, I can't complain whatsoever. They're, they're all great dudes and we all get along and it's, it's becoming a brotherhood more than anything. 
so yeah, no, if you want to check us out, just check us on the gram. We're on there. Uh, Facebook, we're on there. We even have a TikTok, which I kind of do, but I, you know, when we have material, we'll put it out there. Uh, yeah, that's, that's it, man. We just want to go out and play and have a blast. That's all we want to do. For those of you who are interested right now, Worm Husks TikTok and Battle Scars TikTok is just me and Kyle's bromance at the moment. Uh, yes. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, it's getting kind of awkward. <laughs> We're just kidding. No, no, no. But seriously, um, guys, I want to thank, well, everyone listening, thank you so much. But Kyle, you're my boy. Thank you so much for being on the show, dude. I I could chat with you for hours. This could be like a whole season of Kyle Crankstein and Dano Disaster. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it would be the fact that we would have like a Kyle gets uh, frustrated about something and rants for an hour and a half. <laughs> no, this it's great, dude. That, <laughs> that's why we got this guitar gossip. Like I said, we just shoot this shit, have a good time. And yeah. So the cool thing is at the end of each episode, I play everyone out on whatever my guest that night wants to have played out so what battle scarred song are we playing you out on okay um well we talked about it a few times so why not salem burn the witch it's the last song on the record it's a good way to end the uh, podcast so yeah give her all right so that's how we will do it so kyle once again dude thank you so much for being on guitar gossip um no problem man you're a hero I uh, can't wait to play shows with you again, depending on when this drops. So basically, you know what? When this is dropped, we already played. So yeah, the show is fucking great. Yeah. We fucking killed it. Debut show. Woo! Battle Hust, let's go. Yeah. I can't believe you did that, Dane. That was so ballsy. <laughs> I know. Why did you throw your guitar right in the crowd and nobody caught it? Because it's the shitty cheap one I bought at the hawk shop like two hours earlier. Why the hell not? <laughs> I know. I was. I was. No, I knew that was going to happen. No one would save me, so. <laughs> Just to be safe. Yeah. The funny yeah, part was I wrapped masks around it too, thinking, here's masks. Yeah, nobody did anything. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for listening. Come back next week because next week we have, it's actually kind of funny and ironic, another guitar player that's actually on that show with me and Kyle, Cody Zuzia from the band Tangents, who's also playing that night, will be on this show next week. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in on Guitar Gossip, episode three with Kyle Crankstein. This is Salem, Burn the Witch by Battlescar. Yep.